when you talk about cash reserves, I mean, what, what do you recommend now? How, how much cash reserve based on the housing prices today? We're talking about rental property. If you're talking about rental property, yeah. if you have a tenant that's locked into a lease, I'd say you need to have three months cash reserve to cover that mortgage. If they're on month to month, you need to have five months because you're going to lose, lose usually a month for make ready. When that tenant moves out, you have to bring in someone to throw away the rest of their garbage they didn't take with them. Someone has to touch up paint. Someone has to bleach the kitchens and the bathrooms. And then you have to spend at least a week advertising. And then when you get your applications, you need to review them and run them through a background check. Um, we've been blessed with good tenants but we've also been blessed with good tenants because we're extremely strenuous during the background check. And we set standards in place, high standards for the tenants and high standards for myself. They expect certain things out of me, and in return, I expect that rent to be deposited on the first. Anybody else? interesting that you bring that up. Um, my partners and I, we recently branched out into land development ourselves. Um, we do have a development project we're currently working on in southern Dallas, about eight acres for townhome community development, uh, approximately 69 units, give or take. Um, that is definitely a step out of our comfort zone, and we've learned some lessons the hard way. Um, lesson one, infrastructure and horizontal development is the expensive part of the project. All the sexy things you can't see, the water lines, the sewer lines, the paving, that's what will make or break your project. If your budget is, let's say, $5 million for complete construction, a minimum of one-third of that will be for items that you can't see and the buyers don't care about. So infrastructure costs, you need to know that up front going in. With that being said, this is getting off in the weeds a little bit, please forgive me. You as a buyer, or you and your partners, or you and your agent, or you and your developer, you need to do research on what utilities are in the area and if there's the capacity. There's nothing worse in the world than if you go out and buy a five acre parcel and you wanna build 45 new homes there and you find out there's only water and sewage capacity for 12 homes. So the infrastructure costs you having to increase that line from a six inch line to a 12 inch line, astronomical, and that'll torpedo a new project. So I know that's a little bit of a tangent there, but those are some things that you don't know until you find out the hard way. That depends on where you wanna go and what you wanna do. Uh, as we stated earlier, uh, Mansfield has outstanding school districts, top 10% in the district. So that is automatically a selling point for people like myself who have a family. It mean, and even if I didn't have family and I didn't plan on having a family anytime in the future, I'd be thinking of resale value. So Mansfield is still at a point where the prices have not maxed out yet. So if you're planning on selling that property and downsizing, 
said yes. If you're planning on selling that property and being aggressive with your investment, I would say get with a certified and licensed financial planner, someone who has a track record, and I'd say, let's talk about my options before you put the house on the market. Because the worst thing that you can do is sell and have $80,000 in a bank account burning a hole in your pocket. When you sell and you get that check, you need to be ready to move immediately. Because that new Audi will start looking real good to you, and you'll be wanting to take your wife on a trip someplace. And I'll be like, yeah, my baby does deserve that new purse. <laughs> Next thing you know, that $80,000 in equity then dwindled down to $65,000 in equity. So before you make a move, find someone who's educated, qualified, and have your plan in place. But if I were looking to downsize or right size or invest aggressively, I would strongly consider selling, yes. Yeah, and I'm Mansfield ISD, and I'm probably gonna try to sell, I'm gonna, I'm not, I'm gonna try to sell 10 homes for uh, Keith in my neighborhood alone. I'm trying to sell mine so bad, my wife just like, she, you know, she, she makes that decision, but I'm chipping away at her, chipping away at her. That's yeah, we were at that point too. We, matter of fact, we were talking about that boy came in. Because we, you know, happy spouse, house. happy house. Yeah, so we don't have no one else there but us too. Mm -hmm. Yes, ma'am. In that scenario, I live in Mansfield. I have a rental property in Mansfield. We did not sell it, so we upsized it. Like, we're not going to do it, so we look bigger. But my question is do I sell that investment property or should I keep it? For what I bought it for, or still paying on it, of course it's not going to hold up the equity and everything like that. My question is now it's not my permanent residence. I'm wanting to invest more properties to for rental, but I'm like, do I keep that one or do I sell it so I can buy more? But it's in Mansfield ISD, so I'm like, oh, it's in a good area. They're coming because my renter's been there for three years now. How's the cash flowing? Yeah, so my question would be, there's actually twofold. One, what type of tenant do you have in there and how is it cash flowing? If you have a great tenant and it's cash flowing great, I would consider a HELOC, a home equity line of credit. You can essentially refinance your home and pull equity out. It does not have to be your primary residence. Um, unfortunately, my, my lender of choice could not be here today. Shout out to the Colvin Wesley from Southwest Funding. I'll pass you his information later on this afternoon. You will pay a slightly higher interest rate if it's not your primary residence because there's inherently more risk involved. But you absolutely can pull equity out of investment properties. We've done it ourselves. We pull out equity, we'll either renovate properties or acquire new properties and start the process all over again. I saw somebody else with their hand up. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, here, here's why I got loud about investing. You know, because I'm, I'm getting, so I've been doing this for 13 years, and I'm getting older clients, right? And, you know, while for me and my wife, I'm super comfortable with a 100% stock portfolio with 
you know, 12 months of cash in the bank, like for the rest of my life, right? Because stocks go up, I'm so diversified. If my portfolio goes fully to zero, uh, that means America's going away and nothing's more valuable than my guns, right? But as long as I can deal with this, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm good. Um, but I like real estate for diversification purposes for me personally, but then secondarily for my older clients, I'm almost like, if, if you have, if your income, I'm making, if your income goal is to replace 7,000 a month of income to be comfortable financially for the rest of your life, I'm like, I think you should target at least half of that uh, with real estate um, because it doesn't fluctuate, right? Meaning, it, you know, instead of becoming 60 and buying annuities, which are expensive and they keep your money when you die and you can't pass it on to your kids, um, and I just, I just hate annuities in general because they're so expensive. If, if early on you can talk with somebody like Keith, and when you get to retirement, you have 3,500 a month, you know, coming in from a property, you know, that that interest rate or that, you know, what do you call it, cap rate that you have is better than annuity, right? And you get the tax deferred growth, right? And that asset passes along uh, to the next generation. Um, and so the, the, the better way to answer your, you know, your question is, like, like, like he said, it depends, but I would advise people to have a good chunk of their income replacement coming from their real estate, and then we just do the math, right? So if your stock portfolio is growing and your Roth IRAs and 401ks are growing here, and then your real estate's kind of off track, add more to real estate, right? And if the real estate's getting too much a part of it, then you know add more to the stock portfolio. But it's gonna be unique to the client, right? I have my real estate focused clients where 80% of their money is going to be, you know, real estate, 20% stocks, and people like me, where it's probably going to be 70% stocks and 30% real estate. But it, but that's why having a plan is important because with a plan you can literally model out based on what I'm doing. Here's how my balance sheet looks 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 40 years from now, and, and not be surprised. Right? A lot of folks get surprised at where they end up if they don't have a plan. Great job with that. So it does take some discipline. Um, when, not if, but when portfolio of real estate properties, that cash flow is going to look real good to you. You think, oh, I just gave myself a $8,400 a year raise because I'm getting X amount in rents. You need to pay yourself first, just like anything else. I have a separate account specifically for real estate that I don't touch. I pay myself that mortgage, even though someone else is covering it, and it sits right there. And there's something, there's inherent value in real estate. Mark Twain said, buy land and not make it not making any more of it. So there is some discipline involved in it. You have to have self-discipline, just like with any other investment. Uh, I'm sure Philip can tell you he gets calls from people who lose their mind when the market dips or when it shoots up a little bit, they want to go all in. You can't necessarily do that. So as far as having is handling cash, I would have a separate account that I would push funds into with a specific purpose. I know that I need a 10% down payment on this next property, or I know that I want to flip and I need to have $35,000 in cash reserves. I can use my credit or hard money lender to acquire the asset, but I'm going to need some cash to turn this thing from a piece of coal into a diamond. So you have to have a separate pot of funds, or that's the way that we utilize it in order to say, okay, this is specifically for this task and this purpose. I can't get distracted. Just like I have a specific college investment fund for my child that no matter how plush it is, I won't be touching it because that's specifically for that purchase or purpose.
discipline, you can make it work. It does get hard when that cash starts flowing, but we're doing this for a reason. My reason is to retire my wife and then for me to retire early. I want to be the cool dad that goes on all the field trips and coaches baseball and soccer. I don't want to continue to work 60 hours a week making somebody else rich. We've all been there. That wide huge. Um, we are down to the last five minutes. I have two books to give away. Do you set up yourself for the IRA? I don't. I don't. But the best two companies is going to be SunWest Trust and Quest here. SunWest Trust is like not based out of Texas, so Quest is the one that everybody uses here in Texas. Because you, you don't need a financial advisor for that because to pay my fees to do it wouldn't be worth it because you're going to be directing it yourself. self-manage my properties here in Texas. We do have a management company for our properties out of state. And yes, I do have a referral for you of a 50% uh, minority-owned management company, if that's the route that you want to take. You said you had a third one? Yeah, be your partner. Absolutely. If, if the numbers work, I'm not opposed to making money with anyone, anywhere, at any time. Okay. Hey, when are you and Vernon going to <laughs> uh, my wife is the brand of the operation. I'm, I'm just the muscle. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. Thank you. I got one more question. Do you invest in multifamily? Uh, yes, sir. We actually do have multifamily in our portfolio. We have a, uh, a multi, it's a, it's a 20 plus unit here in Texas, and we're actively looking to acquire more. Uh, not necessarily in Texas. Um, personally, for me, anywhere within a five hour drive radius. There's still enough growth in the uh, Mid-South and Southwest region. There's profitability to be had in Louisiana, Oklahoma, Arkansas as well. So yes, um, personally, I prefer multifamily more than single family. For the uninitiated, it's a little harder to get into. You might have to pay to go get school, you know, pay for a guru or a class, but they're inherently more stable much easier to deal with and more profitable than single family. One yes, sir. Piggybacking off him. <clears throat> so, would it be more profitable for me to purchase an existing multi unit or to develop it from the ground up? It is definitely more profitable to purchase it. There's, there's two different avenues when purchasing multifamily. And I'm sorry we're going off on a tangent. Uh, you can do a yield play. That's when you buy a property that's already occupied and up and running, and it's going to give you a percentage of return. You're going to get 7% yield on your investment. It's steady. If you buy a large enough unit, it already has the economies of scale, so you have full-time property management, full-time maintenance, and you just collect your checks. So that's the yield play. The other avenue is a value play. That's if you were to buy, say, a C or D-class unit, a unit that was built in the 70s, maybe late 60s, need some capital improvements, may not be in the best area, may need a little bit of lipstick on that pig. Those are more profitable, but they're also more risky. It's like you're, you're going to get them, it's almost like a flip. You're buying them at the bottom of the market, putting a little bit of money into it, getting it leased up, and you turn around and sell it to someone else looking for a yield play. However, if you're looking to construct from the ground up, 
price per square foot on construction right now is running about on the low end about $85 a square foot and on the high end about $110 a square foot. And then there's the permitting costs, there's the fees, the taxes, the infrastructure. So it's inherently more expensive to build new than to let someone else already take the hit on the depreciation and the investment and buy either a yield play or value play. Absolutely. I'll touch on that briefly. Most of the apartment complexes that you see are not owned by corporations. They're usually owned by REITs, which are real estate investment trusts, which is a group of people who put their money with someone like Philip. And Philip will say, we will put your money into real estate by investing together with 99 other financial planners. That's one way to do it. Other way to do it is syndication. If you're going to buy, let's just use round numbers, a $10 million apartment building, which is probably, say, 250 units, you know, those are sprinkled all over Texas. To, to, to buy that as an individual, you would have to have about 30% of those funds in cash. Most people do not have $3 million. That's, that's just out of the realm of imagination for the average person. But what you can do with syndication, you can say, Philip, this opportunity. It looks great. I know you're financially, fiscally savvy. You want to invest with me? Philip says, sure. I got 50 grand to put into it. These numbers work. This gentleman, here's this opportunity. Look at the numbers. Do they work for you? He might have 75 grand. This lady might have 85 grand. So together, you would form a partnership which would come up with that 30% of the money. So when we buy apartment buildings, we're not stroking a check for $1 million ourselves. We're finding like-minded individuals who are fiscally at a certain place where they can afford that risk, and we're building and buying together. That's the way that we accomplish wealth and buying multifamily. Nine times out of 10, it's not individuals. It's a collective either via a REIT or via syndication. That's actually how I plan to get in. I'm just gonna call you up and be like, man, here's my money. Hey, brother, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> Any other questions? The information in this podcast was not meant to be investment advice or financial advice. You need to seek your own counsel before making any investing or financial planning decisions. Uh, investing involves risk. No investment is guaranteed. Uh, you can lose your money. And this is just for educational and informational purposes. Um, you guys can definitely... Um, uh, if you're getting value out of this, uh, share it with somebody who you think would enjoy it. Um, and I appreciate it. Hey, tweet me uh, at ask underscore Philip if you have any questions or ideas on uh, follow up podcast. Enjoy your day.